0: Talk
1: Radio. Good morning, animal friends, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I hope everyone is having a fabulous weekend so far. You know, here on The Pet Place, we've spoken a lot about breed discrimination and how some crazy laws are being enacted that target certain types of dogs. Today, live from a very special event, David Edelstein from Team Pitbull has an amazing story to tell. Then, after our halftime break, Tiffany Kuykendall will be dropping by to tell us about a brand-new rescue for Labrador Retrievers and their buddies – All this and more is just ahead here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM
0: 1260. Welcome back.
1: You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to introduce our old friend from Team Pitbull. It's David Edelstein. Welcome back to the Pet Place, David.
2: Thanks, Murray. Thanks for having us.
1: I understand you are embarking no pen intended. Well actually I did intend. But <laughs> on a pretty amazing walk for pit bulls.
2: Yeah, we uh we kind of uh brainstormed a publicity stunt last year. You know, was it gonna be uh sitting in a tree for a week or, <laughs> or climbing to the top of uh bikes peak and camping out on the summit for a week or, uh-huh. or chaining ourselves to a bike rack or something and we decided you know what what do dogs like to do? They like to walk.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So we will we were uh we were we were putting this thing together and we said, "Well, you know what? Let's make this significant. So we're going to walk 100 miles."
1: Wow. And where are you doing this walk and let's remind everybody why you're doing this walk?
2: Well, uh this is going on here uh in the greater Denver uh, Colorado metro area. The reason why we're here uh versus Orange County or, or LA where where we were living uh, last time uh, we met up with you. Uh they have a, a pit pitbull breed specific uh ban out here in Colorado. This has been going on since
0: 1989
2: mm-hmm. and it's 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 they're the most stringent in the United States. There's other cities around uh around the country that also ban the breed, but here they have absolutely zero tolerance for for the breed, and uh, we would like to change that.
1: Wow. So are you actually walking with your own pit bulls?
2: Or are you walking
1: just alone?
2: No, I'll be walking with my dogs. Uh, I Actually, my girlfriend and I, between the two of us, have six dogs, a Great Dane, an Aussie border collaring mix, and the four pit bulls, and we'll be trading them off so nobody gets, you know, hot along the route and we're going to do a hundred mile loop around the city of Denver.
1: Wow okay so you're not actually going into the city limits then you're going around?
2: Oh no 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 the, the, the city of Denver would like nothing better for us than to than just, than just step foot into uh, into their city limits. No okay. so we're going to stay just outside of Denver. Oh
1: that's good I was actually worried about your dogs because what would happen if you actually did enter the city limits would they immediately confiscate your dogs?
2: The way uh, it's, it's called Municipal Code Section 8-55, pit bulls prohibited. And the way their law is written out here is uh, if you're caught with a pit bull, the pit bull gets confiscated and euthanized, the owner goes to jail, and the owner owes the city uh, $1,000. Well,
1: how did such a law ever get enacted? It, it's such that's, a violation of rights.
2: That is, that's the burning question. Uh, this goes back to 1989. There was a very ice-related and unfortunate accident where uh, some very irresponsibly owned pit bulls got loose, and they mauled a little boy and killed him. And shortly after that, there was a priest attacked and uh, he suffered some pretty uh, severe injuries. And uh, they just said, you know, we're not going to deal with this. We're just going to ban the breed. And it was not up for public debate it was not up for a, a public vote it was voted on uh in city council chambers and like any town in america who attends their city council meeting mm-hmm. nobody does they're, right. they're they're very boring and they talk about zoning issues and and budget cuts and this that and the other uh so they they knew no one was going to be attending no one's going to listen and they just put the law on the books and that's the way it went until it was challenged in uh 2004 and a guy had his his six-month-year-old blue-nosed pitbull puppy confiscated, and he decided to fight the city, and he went after a breach of his 14th Amendment rights, and he won. And uh, the state of Colorado at that time banned the use of breach-specific laws, and uh, the guy got his dog back, and the law was hung until 2005, when their uh, city attorney dug up their home rule authority, which supersedes state law, and uh, they brought the pit bull band back with a vengeance. They they obligated uh, resources and money and man hours into you know the the police helicopter looking down at people's backyards at night. And they were encouraging neighbors to uh, you know call in and report their neighbors. Wow. And it was it's it, this is it's messy. It's really really messy. Uh, if people were to really take a good look at this. They would say, this can't be going on in America today. Well, it is. Right. It's going on here in Denver, Colorado.
1: Well, I don't understand. I mean, maybe I just don't understand how the city and state system works, but I thought cities only existed because the state gives them the charter to exist, and therefore a state law should supersede a city law. How, how does that Go in well, uh,
2: that, you're, you're typically right, uh, except for when a city, uh, you know, they they uh, tag themselves with a home rule charter, which basically they, they Denver's uh, home rule was originally brought up in 1902, mm-hmm. and it was originally based on the city doing self uh, taxation. Okay. Well, the way that that the way that that home rule charter is written, it really expands out to the city and county of Denver have final say over their own local laws.
1: Wow, that's actually scary because it, it seems is, like it they can do a lot more than just what they're doing so far, and I don't absolutely. really like that idea at all.
2: Absolutely. Wow. Uh, there's absolutely no no chicken balance. The only time uh, that the city of Denver can be superseded is when the federal government steps in. And that actually happened uh, earlier this year. In late 2009, the city's pit bull ban extended into confiscating three service dogs that belonged to veterans, and these dogs happen to be pit bulls. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they took it up to, you know, the ADA and the Department of Justice and uh, the federal government called the city of Denver and said, you can't do that. And they said, well, we have a pit bull ban here. And they said, we don't recognize your local ordinance. You have to, you know, obey federal law, which is service dogs of any breed have carte blanche anywhere on U.S. soil.
0: Okay. And
2: they they actually thought about going to federal court and challenging the Department of Justice
0: wow. on this
2: one. And uh, we had a rally here in Denver back in, in late January to make this all very, very public.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the city of Denver, right at the last moment, decided to uh bow out of the the competition with the federal government and they decided to comply with the law.
1: I'm am just amazed by this. I I don't understand because clearly it's not a breed of dog that is an issue. It's irresponsible ownership of any breed and you can have that a is, mutt that if it's raised irresponsibly can injure somebody. That's just that
2: the that is the about very that. very the very essence of TeenPitiful.org. Okay. That's exactly what, the, what that organization is, is, what the ideals it's founded on, is that it's, it's, it doesn't matter about the breed. It doesn't even matter about what kind of pet we're talking about, whether it's a, a cat or a snake or a horse. It's about responsible ownership and that your animal does not become an issue to someone else.
1: Exactly.
3: And,
2: and there are uh, already
1: the, laws on the book that pertain to that. So creating breed-specific laws... It's ridiculous.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So this is this is where 100 Mile Walk for Pitbulls comes in. What we want to do is it's it's uh, the ideal behind it is is uh, rather complex. We want to reintroduce the Denver metro area to the real pitbull who's owned by responsible people, and we constitute the, minor, or, excuse me, the majority of, of pit bull ownership here uh, in, in central Colorado, as well as everywhere in the United States. Uh, We also want to uh, debunk a lot of the myths and urban legends about the breed Mm -hmm. and they don't have locking jaws and they don't have 50,000 pounds of biting pressure Mm
0: -hmm. and,
2: uh, you know, they weren't originally bred for fighting.
0: Right.
2: Uh, These are all myths and we want want to be very, very public and and very, very honest about that. We want to show the people who believe in these myths the real
1: people. And it's so hard to change people's minds they have been so corrupted by the onslaught of negative media and really it's only been recent i have family pictures from my dad's family him growing up and all of their family dogs were pit bulls they called them terriers and and it was it was just the big happy-go-lucky dog that everybody had and you saw him on little rascals and I mean, people loved them. They had these big dog smiles. And it wasn't until, gosh, probably the 80s when the media started sensationalizing attacks pertaining to pit bulls. And, Correct. And people just embraced that. I don't know why, because every single day there are serious attac- attacks by dogs on human beings, very, very serious attacks. And there are. All breeds, not just pit bulls, but the news media only seem to report on it if a pit bull is involved, and, and that just makes me so angry.
2: Well, it's a, it really is a snowball effect. It, it started off, you know, I, I won't thumb just the media. It started off with irresponsible ownership and the dog fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, you know these people that that engage in this type of activity, they don't care if their dog gets out and gets loose. Right. All they care about is that there's no paper trail for that dog to lead back to, the, to that owner. That's mm-hmm. all they care about,
0: right?
2: You know, and 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 uh, you know, uh, when it comes to the media, pit bull attack sells a lot more newspapers and makes a lot better ratings than Pitbull sleeps on couch or unknown breed attacks child.
0: Right, exactly. So they
2: really they really jumped on those coattails. The insurance companies got involved in and, and limited or discontinued uh, homeowner's insurance because of this stigma and this and this misinformation, city governments then jumped on board and said, you know, if it's good enough for the insurance companies, it's good enough for us. And,
1: and it all boils and, down to ignorance because most people who have pit bulls, including yours, uh, raise delightful dogs. I've met your pit bulls, and they are the sweetest, happiest, friendliest, most trustworthy dogs i have ever met
2: they're they're a good breed um you know i i i personally like all dogs
1: me
0: too and uh
2: (laughs) these these guys they're they excel at the at the loyalty and uh and the camaraderie and just kind of the family unit uh my particular three are all rescues and uh, i think they know it (laughs) <laughs> and I think they they said, you know, this guy's giving us a second lease on life and he's got an agenda. Yeah. And that is to go after go after these breed-specific laws and, uh, you know, we're going to help him do whatever we can in penance for, for him giving us a, a second lease on life.
1: Wow. Well, you're doing a remarkable job. Are you hoping to get some more walkers to walk with you?
2: We're, um, that's, that's actually a very good question. We are actually talking with the, one of the Michael Vick dogs, uh, new one of the new owners, mm-hmm. and he might be making the making the trip out here from Minnesota. Oh, We've got people that. coming from from Los Angeles. We've got people coming from Nevada. We've got people coming up from Texas, and maybe a few people coming over from uh, West Virginia.
1: And what is your start date, and where should everybody meet up to? To walk with the you. The
2: details for this, uh, they can actually get all the all the details if they visit uh, www.teampitiful.org, and that's T-E-A-M-P-I-T-A-F-U-L-L.org. Okay. And uh, this is going to be from July 12th until the 17th. Our daily walking time is 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Okay. And uh, they go on the website. They can actually pull up maps of where we're going to be each day, and where the where the rally point is, and and where we finish up each day. And what and places a, to
1: avoid to make sure you don't go into Denver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I actually just updated the maps uh, this morning on on where we're going to be actually walking on the county line.
1: Okay, make sure you don't step into any little finger areas that jet out.
2: Exactly, okay. exactly.
1: Well, so, I'll be rooting the, for you. Things.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be quite grand. We're going to do a, a big finish line event on the 17th, uh, and we're being sponsored by uh, a Canada Day and Kong Toys and uh, a very, very well-known um, canine re- rehabilitation center up here called uh, CRCG and uh, they've they've been um, very, very supportive of us, and they're going to host our event, and it should be a big show.
1: Great. Well, David, you always have such great information about this very important issue, so I'm so glad you were able to check in today and let us know about this wonderful event.
2: Absolutely, Maria. We'll talk again.
1: Definitely. It's time now for our mid-show station message, but don't wander away because Tiffany Kuykendall from Lab Rescue is waiting in the wings, and you won't want to miss the news from her organization. This is coming right up here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM
0: 1260. Welcome back to the
1: Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm very pleased to welcome to the show Tiffany Kaikendal from a brand-new Labrador rescue. Hi, Tiffany.
3: Hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, and I'm so excited to have you on the show because we really can never have enough rescues, and I know that you're rescuing Labrador retrievers, but you're also rescuing some of their little buddies, too, which makes me very happy.
3: That
1: we are, yes. What is the official name of your organization?
3: The official name is California Labradors Retrievers and More Rescue.
1: Okay, and more. That's the big key there. Yeah. I know that some some of the breed rescues will only get their specific breed. Even if there's a mix that's really close to being purebred, they don't take them because they just feel like they can only accommodate their own breed. So it's always nice when you make allowances for the little extra guys.
3: Absolutely, and I think that's one of the things that makes us a bit unique um, when you look at us um, in comparison to our other rescues who are also doing fabulous work.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, um, you know, a lot of our founders and our members, we all have owned Labrador retrievers over our lives and realize that this is probably... You know, one of the breeds that ends up in shelters quite often because it's the most popular breed in North America. Mm-hmm. And you've got movies like Marley and Me that make the breed even more popular. People oh, rush yeah. out and go, if those puppies, and realize they've taken on more than they're able to, and they end up at shelters
0: right. or they end
3: up with groups like ours. And so we're committed to saving Labradors, absolutely. Um, but when we formed our group, we also wanted to be able to save the other retriever breeds because they're often very much in the same boat where people get excited about having them and then realize it's just too much work, Mm
0: -hmm. not a fit.
3: And the more came into play because we do want to be able to rescue those mixed breed dogs that may be part retriever, part Labrador. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also realize there's other dogs out there that when we have the resources, meaning we've got the funds and we have the number of volunteers to assist, we'll take in those other dogs that may have no closeness to being a Labrador or a Retriever. Breed. Right <laughs> now, we actually have a carrier mix oh, wow. on our website that's more available. And there's not a thing Retriever about her, but we're just as committed to finding her a new home.
1: Oh, that's so wonderful! And I'm really happy that you guys are are in the area. You're a local group. Um, what made you decide to to start your own local group instead of volunteering with a group that's already here?
3: Sure. So our group kind of grew out of um, a team of people who their experience runs deep and very wide with rescue, and they've been involved with other rescues throughout Southern California for Labradors and for other breeds.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: um, as we were realizing that, um, you know, we wanted to be able to save more than just a Labrador, um, we wanted to be able to take on those special needs dogs,
0: mm-hmm. such
3: as the seniors, the harder to adopt dogs that are sitting in shelters.
1: Oh, definitely.
3: Um, we wanted to be more flexible, I think, in our mission than some of the other rescues are, and we wanted to make sure that we were committed to making sure we had the volunteer base and the financial base that would allow us to spread our reach and actually be a little more flexible with who we try to save. Um, Did you so feel really a
1: little helpful. overwhelmed at first when you thought of everything involved in starting a brand-new rescue? Did you think, oh, gosh, what are, what are we getting ourselves into
3: to be honest, um, I didn't because we have such a capable group of leaders in our organization. Wow. So um, our executive board, like I said, they have all started other rescues over the years, and they've all worked in rescues on an executive board uh, level. And just the the skill set, the talent, the, the expertise of the board that we've put together, um, I have every confidence that we're able to do what we need to do and I'm actually pretty proud of what we've been able to accomplish in the short period of time since we've come together.
1: Wow! Congratulations.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I think we've done a great job. I mean, this is the first group that I've actually been part of the founding team of. So, um, for me, I think I'm at an advantage because we've got this experienced crew that I can depend on. And you know, in the short period of time we've been together, we've already rescued 61 dogs. And no way. Uh,
0: and and when
3: did you start working? In them? March or- March 2011.
1: That is amazing. You guys should all be very proud of yourselves.
3: Yes. (laughs) Pat yourselves on the back. Pat ourselves on the back. And pat your dogs, too. (laughs) And the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) We've got 30 adoptions already. I mean, it's amazing what we've done because we've got such a focused and committed team of people.
1: Oh, that is so wonderful. What communities are you serving right now?
3: So we have the the bulk of our volunteers located in Orange County and San Diego Counties. And, um, however, we are rescuing dogs from um, the Los Angeles area, from Moreno Valley, DeVore. Um, so we're taking dogs pretty much from all over Southern California right now that we could actually get a volunteer or get someone to help bring a dog to us.
1: Wonderful. Um, and sure. are they going to a facility, or do you definitely use, or, or do you prefer to use, rather, foster home?
3: Our, our model is to use foster homes. So when we bring a dog in, um, they, the ideal scenario is for us, one, to get them vetted by one of our veterinarians, mm-hmm. have them checked out, find out what their medical needs are. And um, obviously if they're coming in with severe medical needs or if they've got kennel cough or parvo, we work with our local veterinarians to kennel them so that they're isolated.
0: Mm-hmm. However,
3: as soon as they're healthy enough to be in a regular home, our big priority is to get them with a family so that we can learn their personalities, their preferences, and their needs, so that when it comes time to adopt, we can actually give that family who's adopting a really good sense of who this dog is.
1: Wonderful. And also
3: just give them some basic homing skills, you know, potty training and walking on a leash and following basic commands, so the adjustment to the new home is is much easier.
1: So you're probably looking for volunteers then who can do some fostering and some basic training then.
3: Absolutely. We are always, always looking for volunteers.
1: How can somebody do that if they wanted to? Do you have a website that's up and running that has a volunteer page?
3: We absolutely do. So if you visit us at www.labsandmore.org, you can click on the link for volunteers, and um, you can actually submit an application to become a volunteer, and you can see all the ways that you can volunteer your time. And we also have our presence on Facebook. So if you just go to Facebook.com forward slash Labs and More, you'll also find out about us there. And, um, you know, if someone doesn't have the time to actually commit to being a full-time foster, we could use all of the support we can get in whatever way people can deliver. So perhaps if you're able to maybe be a temporary foster or a weekend foster to help us out when our fosters go on vacation... Uh, we don't want to put them into a kennel. If we can't, we'd like to have them go to another home, okay. even if it's just for a few days.
1: Oh, excellent idea and an excellent way for somebody to volunteer if they don't have a full-time availability for volunteering. So that's a great, great process. I've never heard of a, a group that goes about it that way. So that's very innovative.
3: Absolutely. We realize not everybody's up for taking on a dog, or perhaps you already have your limit of dogs you can have in your home. So we also need people that can help us by going to the local shelters and evaluating dogs and bringing them into our, bringing them into the rescue. Um, we need people who can just transport dogs. If we've got dogs that need to get from point A to point B for events or for doctor visits or to do meet and greets with prospective families, we need that kind of help too.
1: Okay, and I suspect you probably also need some funds.
3: <laughs> yes. So if somebody yes. doesn't have time
1: to volunteer but still wants to help, how can they donate to your organization?
3: There are many ways to donate. So, one, the easiest is to actually go to our website I mentioned earlier, labsandmore.org, and we actually have a donation link. Um, we have the ability for people to actually set up a reoccurring donation if they want to make donations frequently or um, on a regular basis. We're happy to have that as well. We also actually do have several um, fundraisers that we do throughout the year. We actually just last month had our Wines for Canines event, which is a great <laughs> wine tasting event um, that we hosted in Escondido, okay. and we'll be having the same event coming up in the fall, and it'll be in the um, Carlsbad area. So people should keep stay tuned and look at our website and um, sign up to get on our email list, and we'll make sure they stay informed. It's a great event. We were able to raise um, a, great, a great amount of funds that's going to help us continue doing our efforts um, at this last event, and we look forward to doing it again.
1: That's wonderful. And are all the dogs that are in foster homes, do they have photos and profiles up on your website so if somebody was interested in adopting they can check out all the available animals there?
3: Yes. So all of our dogs are posted on the website with a brief bio that gives you basic information, age, weight, and some of the facts that we happen to know about the dog. So if they have medical needs, if they have certain quirks or personality traits that we may find interesting, we'll put that out there. And we also do have the dogs on Facebook, um, so you can go to both places and check them out. And um, if there is a dog of interest, um, and even if you're not quite ready to submit the application and commit to adopting you're more than welcome just to send an email to us via Facebook or via our website, which is doginfo at labsandmore.org. Okay. And just say, I'm interested in this dog. Can you tell me more? And we're happy to fill you in.
1: Wow. Well, Tiffany, we can never have enough rescues because there's always such a need. And I hope eventually we can all close up shop and say to each other, Wow, well, there's no more homeless pets. But until that day comes, I want to thank you for all you do and for coming on the show today.
3: Thank you very much for the invitation. We really appreciate it and look forward to many more opportunities like this with you.
1: Definitely keep me posted on all your progress. And right now we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, it's time for Pet Place News and Events, so please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. the Pet Place radio show I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place news and events believe it or not next week is the fifth anniversary of the Pet Place radio show thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and suggesting guests and topics you've made this program what it is today in celebration of this milestone next week we'll be playing a very special segment with Fred Bergendorf and myself that was recorded in 2006 I hope you'll tune in for this very special walk down memory lane. And don't forget to email us at the Pet Place to let us know what you'd like to hear about on our program. Find all our contact information at www.petplace.org. Remember, we do this show for you, the pet people out there, so drop us a line every now and then. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love. And a home too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay our new to your pets and have a wonderful day.